0: hey what's going on welcome to another episode of angular air i am your host justin schwarzenberger and today we have another til episode for you I believe this is til episode number four so a lot of tills lately um racking those things up so i don't know whatever everybody's looking at me like what the heck well let's uh let's say hi to our panelists who we got here today to join us uh, and drop some knowledge austin what's going on austin
1: How's it going, everyone? Really excited to present some cool stuff you probably don't know.
0: Right, right. We got Bonnie with us. Bonnie, how's it going? We've missed you, Bonnie. It's been a little bit. I know.
2: I haven't been on in a couple of weeks. It's been crazy. Life gets in the way. But I'm really happy to be here. And you guys are so fun. And I missed you guys, too. I'm glad to be here.
0: Nice. We're, we're happy to have you back. So um, Thank you. Just stay around, you know. <laughs> we got Mike with us as well. Mike, what's going on?
3: Oh, I thought I was muted. Hey. I was getting right down to mute myself and I was like, oh, hey, you could have just heard anything I was grumbling about. Hi, Justin. I'm good.
0: <laughs> great, great. You can say
3: hi to our viewers as well, too, if you'd like. Hi, viewers. I'm about to drop some already knowledge, knowledge, meaning stuff you already know, or at least have heard about.
0: Perfect. Perfect. We're going to have to, you know, we're- Gonna have to do some outtakes on point The here we were having uh, mute battles here before we started the show and it was getting pretty crazy so
2: i wait but a minute you guys can see us right before justin goes live and he's trying to get everybody to like behave and be serious for a minute so we can like try to be it's it's great it's hilarious
3: i'm a little bit confused though i thought this entire show was the outtakes am i wrong there <laughs> Like, I have no
0: control over this show. It's just crazy, right? Like, yeah, we get like a minute before. I, I'm right about to push the go live button, and man, it is stressful. I don't know about y'all, but for me, it's crazy.
3: Panelists,
2: can you please focus? Yeah. That's, that's Justin. Yeah, every that's day. Every
0: day. All right, so... TIL episode. Uh, maybe we could talk a little bit about what is the TIL episode. Right? What are we? What are we doing here? So yeah,
1: I, I I still don't know what TIL stands for. Can Can you enlighten <laughs> me? So if
0: I Google it, acronym for today I learned. So which is kind of odd because I don't think we learn this stuff today. But I guess our viewers are learning it today. So maybe that makes sense. I don't know. Maybe we need a different title for it. I don't know. But today I learned. So it's kind of us coming together with some things that, that we came about, learned, saw, thought was interesting, thought that the viewers could benefit from, kind of uh, being enlightened by. Uh, and then we just kind of show that stuff. Um, yeah. How, how do uh, panelists, how do you like it? Do you, do you enjoy doing this sort of deal or what?
3: I kind of find it a little bit um, difficult at times because I don't learn a whole lot. Um, at least not. Yeah, I know Every, everything's difficult for you, right, Rocky? You <laughs> this guys is are so mean something today. Bonnie was talking about uh, before about before the show started. No, I have I have trouble finding Angular content because while I am part of the Angular community, I don't write too many Angular applications anymore. At least I haven't in a while. So trying to find interesting things that are CLI-related uh, to show on episodes like this. But I, I love hearing and love learning and keeping up. Uh, so I'm excited to see what everybody else has to show today.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the challenges, right, of, of trying to come up with, especially now we're kind of, episode number four of tils we're gonna have more like coming up with with what is something that you could show a little bit we usually come up with like two things per person and and show those things and like what is something that's maybe unique um we were talking about this before uh, the episode bonnie and i about one of the things i tend to do is i start thinking about do i need to come up with something like real witty and and crazy and like something that people haven't seen but i don't think it's about that right i think it's about stuff that even the, the simplest of things that we can do in Angular, maybe people haven't come across them or haven't used them yet. And uh, those make for great TILs and stuff like that. Am I the only one that agrees on
2: that? <laughs> else think no, we're so? just no. muted. We're trying to behave ourselves like you told us to, Justin.
0: No, no, feel free. You know, uh, this is this is the part of the episode where you can
1: kind of, you know, Justin I made these I made my content up 30 minutes before the show so I don't know about for you
2: I just want everyone watching to know that Mike randomly mutes us because he's really mean and every time somebody says something Mike doesn't like he just mutes us and you see this Mike.
3: yep she got muted <coughs> <laughs> see the thing about comedy it's all about the timing <laughs> it's all timing
0: I'm pretty sure we uh I, I don't know. It's just like we haven't seen each other in a long time, so we all get back together. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. That's a wrap. <laughs> all right I so, missed you guys. Yeah, this is uh yeah, it's crazy. So um <clears throat> we talked about some challenges, but what uh is there anything that we could think of as maybe could be the future of TILs. Do we need to do something different? How's it? How's it been? You know, do we maybe need to? I don't know. Like, start taking requests, or maybe ask for um, people out there in the audience that want to come on as a panelist for a future TIL show and show some stuff. Uh, I don't know. Cool. Yeah, let's
1: hear from the audience on what they want to hear about. Right? Like, uh, that would be awesome for like future episodes, guys. Like, um, you know, you're watching this, you're wondering about something that. You know Justin probably like does every day uh, and he can just drop some knowledge on you so let us know like reach out on Twitter uh, Justin's Instagram is uh... <laughs> it, it's You know what?
2: maybe we should do an ask angular air we should have like a hashtag on Twitter ask angular air and then we'll have a whole episode well first we have to like look through the questions and figure out the answers and then we'll uh, go through and, and answer a bunch of questions
1: only Angular-related questions, though. So if you ask, like, why Brocky uh, always says that he's a piece of broccoli, yeah, we're not going to answer those. Only Angular ones.
2: I don't know. I think those Brocky questions are the best
1: questions. I, I think you're probably alone in that.
3: I actually had something legitimate to add to the conversation. Um, so, <laughs> so Mute.
1: Mute. <laughs>
3: I think that not just doing TIL, but maybe TID of maybe like things I did. uh, That's not so much just something random that you learned, but maybe something cool that you implemented that others could get a benefit out of. uh, Would be pretty cool. Yeah. Demos or something you did. Although, I mean, that's how I treat. CLI.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Okay. How are we supposed to compete with that, Mike? I mean, come on.
0: So so kind of like more than just a little tidbit, but a little more of a in detailed example or something.
3: Yeah, maybe if you build an interesting component or the way that you are piecing things together or a library that you built or something else. I mean, I guess that kind of is the format of the rest of our shows when somebody comes on and shows us that. But even it, uh, but a smaller chunk. So not just, hey, look, here's angular material, but hey, look, I built this one little thing. I would liken that to like lightning talks.
0: That's yeah. that's yeah. That, I think that's a good point right there. Like maybe have like a lightning talk episode, right? It's like in between the the actual episodes and the TIL episodes, we've got lightning episodes, lightning talk episodes, right? That'd be cool. Okay.
3: I guess. And I, I like to appreciate everybody who's uh, watching this currently live or in the future, who is just paying attention to how we're exactly going to plan out future episodes. So thanks for tuning in for that.
1: Right, 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 right. You didn't. You didn't tell them we don't have any future episodes planned yet, did you?
0: <laughs> yeah. What hit, did? it Are we sunsetting it today? Is this is it? We we reached our limit. Like it's crazy.
1: That we're going to hit, time. Time. hit the nice one last time. That's going to be
2: it. <laughs> we should probably get like started. We have we have nineteen people watching, and we ha- we are obligated to like. Give them some good content, and we have Sasoft all the way from Pakistan, which is pretty exciting. So oh, I Man, just want to give it a shout great.
0: out. Way to keep us on track, Bonnie. Good, thank you. It's it's great to have you back. Soft.
3: On behalf of all of thank us you. here, we're sorry to have wasted the first uh, eleven minutes of the show.
0: <laughs> all right, so uh, Brocky, you want to start us off?
3: No, you. All right. I am, I only have one thing to show. I, I, I I've been busy with other things that I haven't uh, been able to come up with content. So um, everybody see my screen? Everybody read what's going on?
0: Yeah, can you bump it up a little bit? A little, Let me okay. focus on you too. There we go here. We go.
3: Boom. All okay. right, let's do this. We'll bump it up even more. Just bump this down to 1.7. Take that up. Is that good?
2: Hey, I didn't know you could do
3: that. Today I learned. VS Code, zoom in.
0: Yeah, what's the shortcut for that in VS Code?
3: Uh, command plus. Command, yeah. no, command comma brings up your user settings and just set window.zoom level and you can change it to whatever you want. So I can change this down to uh, zero. Or
1: you down. could just click command plus.
3: Yeah, you could, but it's not consistent and it also doesn't zoom the rest of your IDE. This is good, really good for if you're giving presentations. And then I just comment it out when I go back. When I go back to how I typically work. All right. So what I have here is just a brand new CLI project created with one point seven, and you can see Angular five point two point six, different versions here of TypeScript and Webpack and what have you. Uh, the command I want to show is CLI base. Go figure. Where do my prompts go? Ah. All right, let's close that and uh trash that one and we'll get a new one. Do I not have a prompt? Hey, look at that. Perfect. All right, so all I'm gonna do is run a new command. Uh, so everybody's familiar with generates or uh, build or serve. Uh, but there's a new one in version 1.7 called ng update. And we're going to run that, and it's going to actually run through and uh, do an NPM install. But it's, what it's doing is it's looking at my package.json, and you can see it updated that uh, to say, hey, what's out of date and what could we uh, update within your library to see what's out of date and bring it up to the current versions? So I'm going to go over to the Git tab here and load that up and see exactly what changed. See here, that the version that I have here is uh, 5.2.0, and what it's going to do is it's going to actually pin it to the latest current version out on npm. So, while it did already pull down 5.2.6, if your version was previously 4.2 or anything else, it'll update that for all of your Angular libraries. That'll update zone.js, the CLI itself, the compiler, the Angular libraries, as well as TypeScript. And we'll also update, I think that was all. Uh, But for right now, that's what it'll update, and we'll see if it finished up. We can see that we have uh, updated all those libraries in here.
0: So It's just going to update the Angular-related stuff?
3: Uh, For now. um, The idea is that it'll be uh, made available so that you can update other things as well, Uh, not just Angular, but if you have a package that you have written and deployed, that you can update those through this command as well.
1: Does it update my APIs, right? Like if something's deprecated, is it going to like crawl my app and update to like all the latest APIs and everything for me? So this is the first iteration. And what it's doing is it's just bumping
3: the version numbers. Um, We're coming up with a mechanism uh, to be able to evaluate your code through the AST, the abstract syntax tree, uh, to be able to inspect your application to see what Maybe out of date, what breaking changes may have happened between your current version and the new version to be able to apply those updates to bring your whole application up to the latest version, uh, fixing any breaking changes along the way.
1: When can our viewers expect that? In the future.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. We're back. <laughs> we, uh, I, I went to unmute myself and I accidentally clicked the stop broadcast button. So that ended that really quick. And uh, once you do that, then you can't get it back. So you got to start a whole nother episode. So we've got a whole nother episode here, part two of that.
3: So my feelings are hurt, man. You killed my demo. Oh,
0: I know. Well, you you're the one done
2: who muted everybody.
0: I know. You started you this whole thing. All right. So should we get... Uh, Get back to your demo. You want to pull I'm that back done.
3: Out? I'm done. That was it.
0: You're done. That was it. Okay. So catch part one of TIL episode today to see Mike Brockie's uh, ng-update command and uh, check that out. <laughs> I promise this I'll, is what happened. i see again. if I
3: can come up with something else uh, for the end. All right. Cool.
2: All right,
0: Bonnie, you want to give us a shot?
2: Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. I have a... Should I do the easy one or the hard one first?
0: Do the easy one first.
2: Okay, uh, let me, I wasn't right. Let me go pull it up. Where's my, I have to go. Okay, let me share my screen. How uh, do I share my screen? You would think I would know this by now. Oh yeah, I got it. I got this. Okay. Can you see my screen? Yep. So this is actually really, really simple. And it's very, and it's so easy. Most of you will probably know this, but there's gonna be a couple of you out there who have not seen this before and you're gonna be so excited because it's super, super easy. Um, and we make that in. bigger. You Can you see it? You see, you like this, Justin? How I said, hello, Angular error, just for you, so you know
1: That's that nice. this was, like that.
2: yeah. Okay, so where is it? Where's my code? Where did I put it? Oh, <laughs> duh! You see, Mike, I blame you for this because you messed up everything and you distracted us. But that's okay. <laughs> Nobody's gonna mute me, you guys. Okay, so this is so simple. It doesn't like we don't. I was looking at the TypeScript because most of what I do is in TypeScript, but it's not. It's just the ng if else, and it just happens right there in the uh, in the HTML. So this is. I said I was going to show you all something super simple. So everybody already knows ng if, I would imagine, but you can do else. Uh, So it just works like this right and this is pretty self-explanatory super super simple. I love this Uh, And then you just put the ng template down here. So whatever you put in the else needs to be the uh, hashtag down here So like if you wanted to change this to Mike You would just change this as well to Mike and as long as these match It's just gonna show whatever you have down here. So that's it. That's my ng if else which I think is awesome. And I thought everybody knew this, but I ran across somebody last week who did not know that and I was excited to show them because I think it's
1: cool. That, that person was me. I did not. I wasn't going to
2: say that. Was. And honestly, I was tickled because I thought Austin knew everything. And to find something like this that Austin didn't know just totally made my day. So I wanted to show all of you just in case anybody hasn't seen that before. Isn't that cool?
3: Well, I'm, I'm a little offended. So now it basically is your demo is you muting me by toggling me <laughs> into the else. <us. laughs>
2: You had it coming, Mike, you started it. Okay, so uh, Justin said to to teach you guys two things that I've learned, and so I have another thing that's a little bit more complicated, um, but I'm just gonna give you the gist of it. And actually, we were lucky, um, well, let me show you. Okay, this started with, uh, let me take off my screen share real quick and and show you how do I stop the screen share. There we go. Hello. Okay, so this started actually with a tweet from Victor Sabkin, because uh, Victor Sabkin is a troublemaker, um, but we love him. So uh, he was talking about switch map and merge map and concat map, and basically said um, there's a lot of people. There are a lot of people out there who are who are causing bugs with switch map, and the reason why is because switch map is meant to cancel anything that was happening so when uh when a new observable comes in it will cancel the stream before it which is if you're trying to do uh like a type ahead or a search search box or anything like that this behavior is absolutely perfect because that's exactly what you want to cancel whatever request was in process before that but a lot of times what happens is we start using switch map and we just get a little bit carried away and we start putting it everywhere and that can actually cause some not great behavior. So I made a I did make a demo for this, but then Austin turned around and made a blog post which actually explains this much better than my than my demo. So I am going to uh point you guys towards that blog post. Can we uh Justin, I can't put a link in the in the YouTube chat, but you can. So if I post it in to uh, to there, will you put it in the YouTube chat?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just to be clear, Bonnie did all the hard work here. All I did was like write three paragraphs about it.
2: <laughs> I don't know why I have such a problem with blogging because I like, he just blogs all the time and I'm like, Oh, I'm kind of shy. I don't want to say, cause then everybody's going to tell me I'm wrong. And so I need to get over that really. But, uh, but yeah, I thought it was really interesting and it, it brought up some discussion and I think that, you know, there are some opinions out there about, uh, what people think, you know, switch map, merge map, concat map. There's a lot of discussion, but really, it's I'm not here to say who's right and who's wrong. I'm just saying it's a good discussion. So, uh, so yeah. So be careful if you're using switch map. Make sure you understand what it's doing because the thing that I found was if you do create a bug, it's a really tricky bug because those bugs are intermittent and it's all based on luck and timing. So that's one of those bugs that I that drives me crazy because you can sit there and click it over and over again and it'll work and not work. And no changes to the code. It just makes me insane. So those are tricky bugs. So be careful with SwitchMap if you're using SwitchMap.
3: I want to talk about SwitchMap. In fact, I, I am actually lucky enough to talk about SwitchMap at NGConf. Uh Shai Resnick, Pete Bacon-Darwin, and myself will be talking about SwitchMap in depth uh, at NGConf on the first day. Uh, so if you have any questions about SwitchMap, you're not, you're not exactly sure how it works or why it works or what exactly it does, be sure to tune in
1: and check that out. I can't can handle can that? that. I feel like we need a t-shirt or route switch maps. Justin, can you make, make that happen for NG Conf this year? Just make some
0: what, NG air switch map or what?
2: I think, I think that it's going to be, uh, we're going to have problems because if you put shy Resnick, Mike Brocky and Peter Bacon, Darwin all on the same stage together, the hilarity will be so severe that the whole building will collapse down on us because we'll just laugh. So it's just I'm I'm a little worried. That we're gonna like have some kind of medical like attack because it's uh, gonna be uh, too funny. I can't handle that I'm much. Already funny.
3: Exce- I'm already excited about it. It's gonna be great. Cool. All right. My turn. Yes. Yes, bring, yes. Bring the house down, man. Okay. But but not the stream, just the house. Just the house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'll try not to make that happen. <laughs> okay, um, I, I got some uh, router stuff, so I'm gonna show some a, a few little little simple router things. So let me share my screen. Let's see. Okay, can everybody see that? Fine. Yep. Yes, okay. I'm gonna try
3: and make it a little bit bigger.
0: Well, we're gonna ignore the file tree on the left-hand side here um, because this editor that I love so much just has a hard time zooming that part in. So it's tough for demos, but the code's gonna look good. So we'll pull that up here. So I wanna talk about um, <clears throat> when we work with params coming from routers. So coming from the router, so I'm gonna pull up this uh, vendor details here. And so in this vendor details component, uh, it's kind of like to display a vendor, some company that sells products, right? And we have this components taken in an activated route, and we use the activated route, and we use the params, which is an observable to get us to the params that are part of the route of the URL that's coming in, that's relative to this activated route that we've received. And we've probably been used to using this before to get a hold of those params, but there's actually um, something called param map, as, as well as query param map to replace uh, query params. So instead of params and query params, we should be using param map and query param map. Uh, so, but we can simply just change that in here to param map, same deal, it returns observable, but this is like a map object. So we got we get to this uh, value differently. So if we're subscribing here and we're receiving the params in here, now what we're gonna do is we're gonna call uh, params.get, and then we hand it the name of the particular um, route um, identifier that we have for our particular um, route parameter. In this case, it's vendor ID. And so we can get to it that way. This is kind why of why would you're... I
1: want to do this instead of just not getting the snapshot?
0: Why would you want to subscribe to this stream instead of like doing a snapshot of what the param is? Yeah. Okay. Um, I can answer that. Uh, uh, we'll let me cu- let me mention the pram map thing really quick and then i'll then i'll answer that um so the pram map is basically based upon this uh api that's the uh url search params a- api uh, so it does a similar sort of thing let me pull up my browser real quick and i'll come back to that question austin here in a second so let me just switch to
1: um the browser Do-do-do-do-do. while he's switching there there's also on the on the. I'm not trying to hijack your session, but uh, on the topic of routing, um, sometimes like when you're trying to get parameters like that, right? They might be on like your parent route, right? Like you have to do like route dot parent dot
0: that's my second one. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you forget how the show works. Like, like it's your turn to do the two things, and, and you just ask about those specific things, right?
1: Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's
2: all right. That's all right. All right. Hold on a second. <laughs> I think we should mute Austin, uh, but not you, Justin. You should not push any more buttons. No, I, <laughs> I will not. Right.
0: Unless it's in code or not. Okay. Here we go. Uh, okay.
1: Justin, I just realized that you have that in your notes. I didn't even upgrade that. (laughs) (laughs) So here's another thing I just learned.
0: Um, Apparently, I can't share a guest browser window through uh, Hangouts. So I have to open this up in, like, my user browser window. It's apparently not opening up. It's not allowing me to target the guest browser window when I share it in uh, Hangouts. Not Angular-related, but uh, there you go. So here we go. Okay. Do do, do do, share, application window. Or maybe it does, and I've just picked the wrong one. Okay. Can we see that? Yep. So this is the URL search params, and um this is the API that this thing's based off of, right? So, anyways, that's that. Uh And then, so this idea here that we've got, okay, so what Austin was asking about is why would we want to subscribe to params instead of just taking the the activated route snapshot and just asking, which is basically just the static data of what the the capture is of those params at that given moment and look at those, right? Um, The reason being is that we can... um, have a component that, that's on the screen for that, that route, that route destination, and the data may change, the URL may change for the params, right? So the, the um, component's not gonna get recycled, it's not gonna get recreated at that point. Um, it's still there on the screen rendered, and it's just gonna change inside of itself. So when we subscribe to that, it allows us to say, okay, we got a new param in that URL. Now we can update our data that we're displaying in that particular component. Um, let me enlarge this here a little bit. So like in this case here, we have um, home vendor for vendor 26. So I can go to vendor four, I can see vendor four, and and I'm using the ID from the param map to display that here in the template. And I changed the vendor 26. And the component that uh, vendor details component is not re-rendering, but that we're subscribed to the um, observable coming through that params. And so now we can update our display with that. So let's switch back to the
1: code. Does that answer that, Austin? Yes?
0: Yes, I'm assuming yes. I could yes, see. Yes, I was shaking my head. All, <laughs> right. All right. OK. So um, the second thing, okay, so it's param map, right? So and I guess uh, the params and the query params are going to eventually possibly go away and we're going to be needing to use this param map and query param map. So um, look at switching over to that. Okay, the second thing that Austin was alluding to, uh, I believe he was, is uh, this ability to get data from up the uh, route stream uh, in your particular activated route that you're working with Uh, And we can do that now with this flag that we can set when we uh, declare our router module. Go here to our app module, our app routing module. And so we do this router module for root. We can pass in our routes, and then we can pass in this second option that can take some um, properties to configure the router. And we can do a param inheritance strategy, and we can set this to either... um, Is it always or uh, empty only or always? And so right now, uh, maybe you've had a URL structure with your routes that you're doing. Uh, Like in our case here, we've got vendors. So we got URLs, vendor slash, and then the vendor ID. And then we can look at the items for a vendor. So it'd be slash items and then slash item ID. Uh, And those are child routes of the vendor route and the vendor vendor ID route, right? And so maybe our items in this case here, Uh, where we have this items item ID, we want, or even the items, right? We need to pull up the items that are associated with that particular vendor ID. And this particular component, the items component, when it gets its activated route, it's only going to get the data that's relevant to it. Um, So it's not going to have this access to that vendor ID as part of that URL, but we can turn that on now so that we can get access to it. Um, Now, there's ways you could get to that data before. You could write some recursive code and and dig into the snapshot and, and get to it but you were writing your own code to kind of do it. So now we can set this thing to always, and now we'll have that availability to us. Um, so when we go into something like the uh, items component, um, we will be able to get a hold of that. So we'll, we would update this to param map, right? And we do param map uh, vendor ID. You
3: need a .get, don't you?
0: Yes, I do. And look, I killed my IDE.
3: Uh, you need that variable should be params, because that's a parameter to the function. Correct. Is IDE
1: crash because I it's just a web wow. Stone? This is why you should use VS Code. VS Code. <laughs> Don't talk trash on other IDEs just I'll because it's be not the that. one you like. I'm okay, not so talking trash, I'm stating facts here. It it crashed.
0: It did crash. It's uh it's done. You
2: guys Hey, uh, Saren in the chat wants to know what's the advantage of params map over params? That's a very good question.
0: Yeah, so you can, um, you, it makes it a little bit easier to get to those things So like you can call .get to get to the particular one you're getting, but you can call get all. Um, so we get all with that same name as an array. So if, if they're all called ID, you'd get an array of all the ones Called ID. It uses the
1: JavaScript ES twenty fifteen map uh, yeah. instead of like a hash.
0: Yeah, so it's like a map map object, right? That's designed to store that information, a small subset of information like that, with the, with mapped key value sort of thing, right? Um, so yeah, yeah, okay. So the um, so map param, param inheritance. Uh, Set that thing to always, and that'll allow you to get a hold of all of that data. So now, now the param map, now the uh, data that comes through. So if you have resolves, all of that will contain key values for all of the stuff for the entire route tree that's resolved in that particular activated route that you're on. Um, so it's pretty handy to get that that information.
3: So. so to be clear about one thing that I think you said, but am I positive that? Params may eventually be deprecated in favor of param map.
0: Yeah, I think that that's what it says on the Angular.io site about. Okay. Um, I, don't that, Maybe, you know, I don't know if it's going to be deprecated. Maybe you know the answer. I don't know if it's going to be that, but um, it's recommended that you use param map and query param map.
3: Okay. If you, you have know what? A lot, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you have a lot of code in your application, and this is a change that you want to make everywhere within your application you could create a schematic that would go through and analyze each file in your application, search for activated route for the use of params and make the change dynamically to um, uh, param map uh, for you automatically.
2: You already had your turn, Mike. And also Justin, I wanna say, I did not know about that. I knew about param map, but I didn't know that you could put it right there in the router and that was pretty slick.
0: Cool. Cool. Okay. That's mine. Maybe Austin will have some great luck with all of his presentation. (laughs) Let's see. Austin,
2: you have to... Now, all the pressure's on you because you have to bring it home with the grand finale and show us something epic.
1: Yeah, this is why I didn't want to go last, guys. Like, You just put all this pressure on me. Okay. So, I'm going to talk about a couple different things um, today. Uh, One of the things that... um, I've blogged about before is global error handling so I see a lot of cases when people first get started with angular they'll have like services that um, you know for example like they'll do you know you know my service dot get pandas and then they you know type a catch handler and all this type of stuff. And then they throw like a custom message uh, when there's a a catch. Um, But Angular is so ahead of uh, thinking so far ahead. Oh, I'm not? No. Assuming you're meant to. Says I am.
3: Well. Your code looks a lot like you buddy. <laughs> How
1: about now?
2: Now we can see yeah. your screen.
1: Okay, so anyways, we might have this like code that like calls a service like my get pandas and then like at the end we do a catch error and then let's say we alert the user error. Right. And I see a lot of people doing this and, and they're implementing these catch errors on each service and it's just kind of redundant. And Angular has like thought ahead and they have basically gave us the ability to handle errors globally. So it's really easy to set this up and you can look super cool at your work when you do this by removing everyone else's code that does all this in like one swoop. Uh, so we have an ng module here Um, that's my app module and in my providers what I'm going to do is I'm going to say I'm going to import the error handler per uh, class I'm going to say I'm going to provide this class and I'm going to tell it to use my global error handler class instead of the default error handler and so now anytime in the application when there's an error that actually occurs rather than just you know throw the error it's actually going to run this class that i've defined here so i've got this global error handler it implements error handler it's got a handle error function here and it passes me an error and so for instance in this demo case right i just show like an alert message and say hello um now you know what i've you know done in the past is you know maybe i'm working on an angular material project and i want to show like a little notification down on the bottom that an error occurred or something like that you can get pretty creative with what you're doing here another thing that you can also do that is super cool is uh you know our back-end friends they log all their errors to all these different systems so that they can you know see what's going on in their application Well, what you can actually do is you can, uh, in your global error handler, you can actually, um, you know, send the error to the back end so it can log it as well. So that's another thing that I do. Not only do I show, like, custom messages and things like that, but I also call services to actually log the errors to the back end so I can trace those. Now, if you're in production, you might not want to throw all your errors all all over the screen, so you can actually uh, just swallow the errors but when you're in development, you probably want to see those errors. So you need to make sure you re-throw the error. So if we kind of look at this component, all I've got here is a button. And when I click it, it's going to throw a new error. And then we have a, my global error handler here. And you'll see a error message, hello, come up across the top. So that is super cool, something that's really easy to implement. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't like this. Really easy to implement, and you can do some really f- cool things with it. Um, anyone got any questions on that?
3: You could also swap out um, what's being injected there based off of the environment, correct?
1: Yeah. there. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do, right? Um, this is, you know, a stack blitz, so it doesn't have all the environment stuff set up like that. But, um, yeah, you could, you know... Um, if you've got environments you know um, uh, you know set up you could do something like this as well right so you're not throwing this error maybe if um you know yeah so there you go <laughs> um so the next thing i'm going to talk about is actually a little more advanced um so, I'm going to talk about content projection. So, um, you know, many of us uh, probably know about content projection. And content projection is basically like when we use ng content and we're going to like inject content into slots. And when Angular actually implemented this, uh, they implemented it based on the Shadow DOM specification of content. Um, that's since then. Been deprecated in favor of a slot, but Angular is still implementing the ng content or the the content slot. And the content and the spec for uh, content within Shadow DOM says that web components will initialize the projected content even if they're not in the DOM. So, you know, a lot of times we build like tabs or we build some type of like expansion panel and right. It has like some type you know maybe it's got like ng content and then you know when it's activated i'm going to show it well the thing that you might not know is even though i have this ng if statement right here to to if it out right it's not going to show this it's still actually going to project that content and construct this uh component so i have a component here called my app component it's got my tab in it And My tab has an active input and then within my tab. I've got my counter and I've got a button That's just going to change toggle active. So in my tab component I've got my input for whether it's active or not I've got an ng if statement surrounding my ng content and then if we look up here I've got my counter which is this uh, Component down here and this component in the constructor. It's actually going to say alert here now when we actually activate, when the, when the page loads, you're going to see that this alert statement is going to be called even though it's not actually projected into the DOM. And this is per the specification. So let's refresh the page here. And you'll see right here it's called uh, here. So. This can be, you know, something that you don't realize is going on, right? Like, it, you know, I was talking about maybe you've got like a section with a header that you can kind of toggle, and when you open it up, it's going to like, do some additional data fetching and then render some content. All those services are still going to run because it initialized that component. And it's really important to know that because, you know, if you had several of those and they're heavy backend calls, it's still going to do that. Another thing that you need to know is if you're measuring DOM uh, within components that are nested in content projection, um, say I want to have like some like fancy animation right and I want to measure the width of the DOM element. Well, when this constructor happens and I try to measure the DOM and even NG on init, so I can actually change this to ng on a and you're going to see that even ng on a even fires too. The entire life cycle happens. It just doesn't put it in the DOM. So if I were going to measure an element right here, um, it would measure zero zero zero. Right? It's not the DOM. And so this is something that you can run into when you have these projected content slots like this, and you're trying to you know you know measure some DOM for some like slide animation or something like that. So the next thing is like, how do we work around this? And this is kind of tricky, and the workaround is not really that great. But I've actually talked to quite a people, quite a few people on this, and it is working as expected. There's a couple bugs logged out on the Angular repo about this, but you know the team is sticking by the way that it's implemented for certain technical reasons, and they want to stay with the spec. So you. You just need to be aware of it and also aware of how to fix this. So how do we fix this? Uh, So what we're going to do here is we're going to say my tab and it's going to message. Instead of like um, instead of just project it straight in there, we're actually going (laughs) to say ngif my tab dot active we're going to wrap the projection in its own ngif now you notice that it didn't you know run my my alert box now if i actually click it now you'll see it ran it for me so a pretty simple fix to a problem that can cause a lot of frustration a lot of performance issues um, and it's just something to be aware of. That's all I have for you guys. I hope you enjoyed it.
0: That was a good one. That was very in depth. Um, but it's one of those ones where it's like going to be really handy for people to know, you know, when they come across that or, or when they hit that scenario or in. The challenging scenario is when they don't realize that, just like you were saying, right? It runs these services, runs these things that the component has inside of it, and you just really don't have any visual idea that it happens, yet you're paying the price for it, right? So that was a good one. I like that. All right, I, I think, uh, think we got some bonus content. Is that right, Mike? Maybe one last one?
2: Yeah, I came up with something else. All right, Hold on real quick before we do the bonus content, Justin. <laughs> you mentioned something about guest panelists. And if we have people watching who would like to be a guest panelist, uh, how would they like, should they tweet at you? Should they, how should they let you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Tweet at me, DM me, uh, DMs are open.
1: What's your phone number?
0: Uh, <laughs> my phone number is not for you, 11. Uh, but yes, please, please reach out to me. Yeah. Uh, we're always looking for, um, people that want to come on. Uh, you so, know, go ahead. Sorry.
2: So you don't have to be an expert to be a guest panelist. But you do have to be sworn I'm to secrecy. Before expert. we go live, we're not always so well behaved, so you can't. <laughs> we go off track a lot. But yeah, so you can be a you can be a guest panelist, and you do not need to be an expert. So you should just tweet at Justin and say, "Hey, I want to be a guest panelist." Be careful what you wish for. Oh, yeah. All right, go, Mike. Right. I'm sorry.
0: Uh, yeah, we, we want to have a platform where we can get guests that come on and want to talk about sharing information, share the stuff that they've done, um, content they want to do, whether they've shared before. We're always looking for people that maybe kind of get a feel for it. Uh, certainly welcome that as well. So just reach out. Uh, reach out to me. You could also reach out to any of our panelists and they can relay that to me, uh, however you want to do it. But um, certainly, please do. Please do. I'd love to have everybody. So.
3: Cool. All right, Mike. All right. Uh, A little bit of backstory um, because this isn't anything super fancy or anything else, but I have a confession. When I develop for the CLI, I do a lot of console.logs and uh, that's how I debug. I figure out what's going on uh, based off of logging to the console and you can only see what you log. It's, a very iterative approach and it's not very performant. So after working on the CLI for about two years now, I decided to bite the bullet and figure out in VS Code how to set up um, debugging in VS Code. Uh, So I wanted to show that. Um, nothing, Nothing necessarily you need to do any development on the CLI yourself, but if you are in a situation where you're writing a node backend and you're writing in TypeScript, you can't just run. You need to be able to compile your TypeScript. So I want to go over that um, configuration. So to show that running first, um, I have a debug window up here, um, and then it's just debug CLI. And I'm going to go into the new command. So just open up commands slash new dot ts. So inside here, I just put, whenever this gets initialized, I just put a breakpoint in here. And that's just by coming over here into the gutter and clicking the button to be able to get that to show up. So I go back to my debug window and I say, all right, run in debug. So I'm just gonna go through and start off that process. And you'll see here that this is gonna turn into like a yellowish color. And that means that it's stopped at this point. So I have access to everything that's on this particular class, uh, which is the new command class. So I can see all the properties down in here in the debug console. And if you guys have done any debugging with uh, VS Code, you have all the tools that are there. So I can say this.name, it's going to return new, or this.description. I'm going to come out here. I also have all these local variables, so I can see all of that stuff over here as well, um, and be able to debug through and get a good experience. And the way that you set this up is by setting up a launch profile. So I'm just going to open up the launch.json file. And that's down here. And all I've done is i set up a type node, the request is launch. That's a name, just whatever's gonna show in this uh, dropdown. The program is whatever file within your application that you wanna start up. More than likely it's an index.js here for the CLI, it's uh, this path into the ng file. The kicker in the hard part or the difficult part is that you need to supply a runtime argument. And what this is doing is it's allowing node to say, hey, include this, um, register this TypeScript node register function, or this import, uh, so that TS Node can process your TypeScript compilation for you without you having to run a build step in between your runs. You can also set the current working directory. So for me, for the CLI, I can specify that this project here is the context in which I want to run the CLI and then the arguments. I haven't figured out a way how to get VS Code to prompt me, to enter that because that would be super helpful. Uh, but here I just set it up to run the new command with a name delete me and each string carrots um, uh, parsed in as a space here. So it's actually like running ng new delete me, but that's one thing I still need to figure out. And then also the console I turned it on to use the integrated terminal so that I could see any output uh, within here as well, which is helpful but just a little uh, configuration. So the big one here to remember is the runtime args dash r and or slash register, which you'll need um, included within your project, your TypeScript node project, to be able to transpile your TypeScript for you to be able to run it. Any questions? That's a good
1: one. I, I've fought with this before and tsnode is a really cool tool for. Like the people that don't under, know what TSNode is, it, it's basically like runtime builds. So you don't actually have to like run a build to get your compiled code. And not only for debugging, but like if you're developing Node apps, like TSNode is actually really useful for that too. So you don't have to run build commands in your like uh, main file. You can just include TSNode and then the rest of your files can be TypeScript. So it's really useful for that too because Node by default doesn't know how to
3: run a TypeScript file. But if you register TS Node um, within your application directly uh, as a uh, require statement, it'll do that for you. But here, you don't even have to worry about doing that and then adding that extra step to your application code. Here, you're just applying it as a command line argument uh, to running your application. So whether or not you're running an Express app or just a, um, any other Node app that's uh, just for, so you can run JavaScript load, locally, if you want to write a some code locally, uh, like just a quick runner to say, hey, I want to write some snippet code to test a function and run it quickly. And but I want to use types because I want to use types like I do in the rest of my applications uh, to create a snippet and run those locally without having to run a compiler in a watch mode or anything else with a build step.
0: Now, this will be handy for us if we're writing our custom schematics too, right?
3: Yeah, I think, uh, yes.
0: Be able to debug? Yeah, no, Amy? Uh,
3: I haven't gone that route yet. I haven't set it up uh, within there, but I don't see why not. Uh, but the other reason that I wanted to do this is the CLI team is re- all remote to each other. And I've fortunately been accepted into the VS Code Live Share uh, preview. So to be able to runtime and show coworkers uh, without having to do a screen share, but they can actually click through the code as well uh, to see code running um, in my environment versus their environment um, directly within the editor.
0: Very cool. Very cool.
3: And I found something else to share. Yay! <laughs> two plus two, two
0: plus two plus two. All right. Well, that's a, that's a wrap on that. Should we do some picks and then call it, or are those count as our picks today? What do you think? Anybody have we any? Ha-
2: I have a pick.
3: Okay. I got, I got nothing else. <laughs>
0: All right. Uh, Bonnie, share your pick. I have a pick <gasps> too.
2: Yeah. Go first. Cause I'm not ready. I have to look up the link.
0: Okay. No problem. Uh, so my pick is Jifsky. It's a Jif creator, but it's like the, they bill it as the highest quality Jif encoder based on something. But, uh, yeah, you want to make some a- animated GIFs, gifs, however you want to say it, um, you can make them from video clips.
3: So maybe we'll but great not, the not video clips of this show. <laughs> not of I this show. Of this right here is going to be a GIF someday.
0: <laughs> All right. So that's uh, uh, GIF.SKI. So check it out. That's my pick. Bonnie, you ready? No, maybe. Yes. Okay. Can't hear you. I don't know. Okay. Go for it.
2: Okay. So, uh, you know, sometimes I like to pick a person as a pick and I, and I'm, I'm going away from, (laughs) no, I'm going away from tradition and I, and I'm going out on a limb here because I'm picking somebody that I actually have not met, but I'm really tickled because there's. I was going through the uh, speakers for NGConf because I'm super excited about NGConf. Uh, and, I, and I found this girl named Natasha Carleon. I don't know if I'm saying that right, it kind of makes her sound like a gangster. Um, but anyway, so she's doing a talk on reactive forms based on the Dungeons and Dragons character sheet, which I think is the coolest thing. Like, that is such a good idea. And I'm super jealous because I really want that to be my idea. But it's too late because it's already her idea. And I just got so tickled by that. I thought that was the coolest thing. And so I followed her. And I think all you should follow her, come to NGCOP and check out that talk because I'm pretty excited about that. I'm almost as excited about that as I am about Mike and Shai and Pete. Uh, anyway, so she is uh, NS Carleon on Twitter. And I think she's, she's pretty amazing. And I haven't met her yet, but I'm pretty excited about meeting her. So go follow her. And come see her at IndieConf. And Natasha, if you're listening, I'm a big fan. Okay, that's it. I'm done.
0: I, I plus one that pick. That's a great pick. I like it. All right, that's a wrap. Um, promise we won't uh, feed the Mogwais after midnight for next show. Uh, it should be <laughs> all ironed out. So uh, hope it helps. Mogwise. <laughs> we will uh, <laughs> catch you next week. Next week. Uh, we got Minko coming on talking about Angular tooling next week. So that'll be pretty cool. So join us. All right. See ya. I'm hitting stop broadcast now. I hope it's a good time.